0: What's up, everybody? It's your boy, International Hen, a.k.a. Hen Global, and welcome to my podcast. I'm Hen Global, and I have a special guest with me today, uh, reporting live from Japan, uh, Tokyo to be exact, Abasa Phillips. And uh, we're really excited. We're really excited because he's got a great new product that um, a lot of people are very, very excited about. So before we get into that, I'm just going to give him a chance to uh, say a little bit about himself and
1: kind of tell us a bit about his background. So have at it. All right. Hey, hey, everyone. I'm uh, Abasa Phillips. I've been in Japan for 15 years. Uh, I originally moved out here to uh, work in finance, and I did that for a while. Then I, uh, you know, I started a, a, an online shop and e-commerce business. Then I got more involved on the payment side. Because at the time, I realized, you know, the hardest part about e-commerce is both the payment and the marketing. So I focused and drilled down more on the payment. Um, skipping over many years, but I got recruited to uh, be the country manager for a really big payment company. They're they're a British company called they're called Paysafe now. They were called Neovia at the time, and um, I ran their Japan operations. And uh, uh, then left them, went back to my own company, but I was more focused on payments at that point so I was doing payment consulting and helping overseas companies integrate Japanese payment systems. Um, did that for a while, loved it. And then, uh, uh, a friend of mine, Roger Veer, who happens to be popular in Bitcoin, uh, started telling me about Bitcoin and gave me, uh, my first Bitcoin. Um, that was 2011, 2012. And then from there, it was like, it was all downhill. I fell down the rabbit hole and, Got a lot of money, lost a lot of money. I was trading a lot at first, but my my whole thing was I was so struck by the technology that I really wanted to live in Bitcoin, you know, rather than and the price was going up. I mean, it was eight dollars a Bitcoin back then, right? So would you say you
0: were a Bitcoin maximalist? Well, I mean, at that time there was only Bitcoin. Pretty it was much, only Bitcoin. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It was yeah, I was yeah, it was only Bitcoin. But when the Litecoin came out, and then you know. Actually, before Litecoin, there was a ton of other altcoins too, but they didn't really gain any traction. Litecoin was the first one that really started gaining traction. Um, just like you have in the ICO world now, you had a lot of what was seen to be money grabs in the crypto world then too, with a lot of light, uh, a lot of pre mined coins. Okay. So people were pre-mining their coins. They would hype them up and then and then offer them, and um, and yeah, people were. It's exactly what we have right now. But Litecoin came out, and he didn't he didn't pre mine anything. He said, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna start the network now," and then boom. And then he started mining along with everyone else. So people kind of took to that altcoin uh, very quickly. But yeah, that was that's how I got into it. And it was it was fun back then.
0: Yeah. So at eight dollars, you were super early because um, you know I thought I was pretty early because when I got in, it was trading around forty fifty bucks. Um, but yeah. Back yeah. Then, yeah. There weren't all these exchanges. You had to like meet somebody at a strip mall and give them cash. <laughs> yeah. You know, I know. That kind of thing. Yeah, um, no, I,
1: yeah I felt like I was, I was buying Coke or something. Right, right, exactly. Um,
0: it's like Craigslist or something.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: So you went through the Mt. Gox thing. Were you in Japan at that time when all that went down?
1: Yeah, actually, I'll tell you the backstory behind that. So when I was doing like payment consulting and helping people integrate Japanese payment systems, um, Roger introduced me to, to Mark at Mt. Gox. Okay. Mark and Gonzag. So I met them and they wanted to so we're talking two thousand and twelve, I think, the very beginning of two thousand and twelve. So they were trying to get um allow conven- in Japan you can pay for things at a convenience store. You can pay your bills or whatever at a convenience store. So they wanted to integrate convenience store payments to their to Mount Gox. So you could buy Bitcoin with by just going to a convenience store and depositing cash. So I was I was working on that deal for them. And so I, so I knew them, I knew them, you know, I didn't know them super well, but we had meetings and stuff and I spoke with them many times. And, um, so a year or two goes by and, you know, I was trading on Mt. Gox, I was making money here, losing money there. And, uh, then all this started happening. You know, we're talking end of 2012, early to no, no, end of 2013, early 2014, uh, mind you, China banned Bitcoin exchanges back then. So the price of Bitcoin was going crazy with that. And then there were all these rumors about Mt. Gox. So, but as a vote of confidence, I took my Bitcoin off of my blockchain wallet and I put them on Mt. Gox. And then I started actively trading on Mt. Gox because okay. I I knew those guys and I know they're not they're not crooks or anything. Right. Because there was a lot of rumors coming out. There was people traveling to Japan and like trying to meet with them and, and you know, in uh, bum rushing their office and stuff like that. So I put my, my coins back on Mt. Gox, uh, started trading again, doing some arbitrage, and sure enough, like kaboom. <laughs> that <laughs> happened. And and uh yeah, man, that was that was really tough. That so you actually tough. you actually lost some of your Bitcoin. Oh I lost during- all of my Bitcoin. Okay, okay. I, I I think I had I think I had like one Bitcoin left on um on uh on other not exchanges but wallets and stuff. Wow. Yeah, I, I put everything on Mt. Cox. I went all in on them because I, I was like, okay, these are my boys. It's Tokyo. Tokyo is yeah. a very small community. Um, so I, I thought, you know, we had to support. And I saw Roger supporting them too. So I kind of fell in line and was like, all right, yeah, I I should do my duty and help support. So, but yeah, I got dinged, man, bad. Wow. So tell me about after
0: that. Like for most oh, people, I man. think that, that would have been it. You know, they'd be oh, like, man. I'm done with this.
1: I was. I learned my lesson, and I'm I moving on to something else. Yeah, so, yeah, it, yeah, it was. You, you know, I'll tell you what I learned, man. Is like, <clears throat> I was by the book, paper wallets, hardware wallets, never <laughs> on an exchange. And the one time I slip up, bam. But after that, it took me like, I, I completely, I didn't lose faith in Bitcoin, but I lost faith in in the cryptocurrency community, and I, because there were yeah. so many scams at the time and i was like man the 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 two guys or the one company that i thought wasn't a scam it is a scam so right. i i was out of it man i was out for like you know 9 or 10 months just completely like cold turkey i didn't look at crypto i didn't i wasn't hanging around the the bitcoin meetups or anything um and then uh, around the end of the year I, I some of my friends were participating in the ethereum ico uh, so, you know, people were talking about Ethereum, Vitalik was doing talks and there's this smart kid and I'm just thinking, ah, oh, another altcoin, whatever. Right. Um, and, and, and I'm still a Bitcoin maximalist at that time. Okay. It's Bitcoin is nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I, I was taking pictures of like random people named Satoshi. But
0: did you buy more Bitcoin at that no, time or you didn't no. have, you still didn't have any? Okay.
1: Nope. I still didn't have any. And, um, there was no real where, place to spend it yet. In Japan. There were some places like a Chinese school. I was taking Chinese at the time my chinese school didn't didn't offer it but but I, I didn't really have any reason to get back into it so I didn't and um then around the end of that year I started buying bitcoin little by little again um okay. just because I wanted to to buy some electronics online and stuff like that um so slowly but surely I kind of got back into it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what A lot of people don't mention about Bitcoin is after Mt. Gox, uh, you didn't see the high in 2014 get surpassed until this year, actually. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Which is crazy. So, um, you know, I was one of those people that kind of panic sold after Mt. Gox and I stepped away. And it wasn't until last November where I uh, came across somebody who had a crypto fund and he was just kind of bragging about how well it was doing. It was a self fund. And Ethereum at that time was ten dollars per ether. Yeah. And I bought in at like at that price and just kind of played around and in a few months it went up to fifty per ether. Right. And that's that's all I needed to see to really okay. just dive in. Right. And and that's that's around April when the market cap was like thirty billion and in just two months shot past a hundred billion dollars. Yep. So, yeah, it was a really good time to just get that in the game. That was
1: exciting. That was exciting. Yeah, I have a friend, um, who, who the guy I mentioned earlier who got into the Ethereum ICO. We were talking, and um, this was around the beginning of this year, and he was like, "Man, you really got to look at Ethereum, man." Like he was like, "Forget about the price, but the technology is really cool. It's robust. Um, it's a different world in crypto now." So I started looking at Ethereum around then, and and um. I thought, wow, okay. Not only around that time, also Bitcoin was really having governance issues. Yeah, yeah, and that that really turned me off. Um, but I saw Ethereum; they're very progressive, and especially after that. Okay, it was actually after the Dow hack, and I saw how they split and yeah. went from Ethereum Classic to Ethereum, and how you know it still worked up. You know, it still worked out for them. And um, but but I saw the leadership that Vitalik took and the courage that it took to do that. And right. that, that actually ha- got me really looking at Ethereum seriously from then. Okay. Um, yeah. And then Omise Go, right? It's funny. like So Omise, is a, they're, a, they're a payment system kind of like Stripe. Right. And uh, for my other company, uh, the salespeople, I'm connected with them on LinkedIn and stuff, but their offices in Tokyo are around the corner from, from us right now.
0: Oh, I thought that was a Thai-based Thai project. Or am I, am they I are.
1: Wrong? Okay. Yeah, the, the founders, one, one co-founder is Thai, the other's Japanese. Got it, okay. So they've got offices here. Yeah, Omise means store in Japanese. Okay, I didn't know that. Like a shop. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they're supposed to be the payment system for shops, right? Um, so I'm, I'm really, really close with their salespeople. We go to lunch and stuff like that. And uh, when I saw that they were doing a blockchain project on ethereum that actually was when i really said okay i want to do something with ethereum because yeah. even these guys which i didn't really see at the time to be crypto savvy were doing something with ethereum i thought oh wow okay this is something that it's in, it's enabling you know people who aren't even all that crypto savvy to to do stuff on it on it but i mean little little did i know they're very crypto savvy actually yeah
0: yeah it's ethereum's uh, first unicorn
1: you know it's past right, a billion right now Right, right. Really I tell you I know why though, because their company, um, straight up and down, is, is they're a really well run company. Their sales people are, are switched on, they're nice, they're friendly, they're doing big business and their core business. So yeah, I yeah, I told it makes sense to me. That that makes sense. And nice that, and I started investing in some, you know, putting just small amounts of money in ICOs here and there just to kinda of get my head around the economics of it.
0: Yeah.
1: And um but i what i have you know i have some sort of guidelines that i i follow when when i'm looking at projects and one of them is that they're you know a company with employees another is that if they're an existing company like all the better but another is that like they have uh either a product out currently with the company or they're close to releasing a product right so for for me it was like omise really ticked all of that um, and and I know those guys, so to to watch what what uh their omg price has done, it just makes total sense to me.
0: Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. Okay, so you eventually got back in the game, and yeah. you know, That's now true. you've uh come out with this new idea, this new project. So let's talk about that. You've
1: got this new yeah. project called Zilla, and if I'm not mistaken, it's an application, right? That's right. Yeah, it's a it's, a, it's an app, but the um. The the front end iOS mobile app is just the tip of the iceberg. So let me, let me, let me back up a little bit and say, so for me, when I, very, 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 early on in crypto, what I realized is so there's, I, you know, I'm ta- I'm talking with my mom on the phone. I talked to her weekly. She's all the way back in LA, right? Yeah. And I'm talking about crypto. You know how it is when you get into it, you're talking to everybody about it. Right. Mom, you got to check this out, mom. She's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. My mom has had a Coinbase account since 2013, but it's. I'm, I'm positive it's empty. She still hasn't <laughs> bought into it because even as easy as Coinbase is, there's still hurdles to getting involved, right? Yeah. So I'm not going to send her to a, a standard. I'm not going to send her to Poloniex. I'm not going to st- send her to to Binance. Sorry, sorry, CZ. Uh, but but um, it's just too complicated for her. So for me, it was all. It's all about onboarding normal people into this world that we love so much, right? So it's making making it as easy as possible for normal people to get involved in crypto. So, in getting involved in ICOs, I realize um, it's so difficult. It's even more difficult because not only do you have to get the crypto, but then you got to get you got to get it uh, in my Ether wallet. You got to do this many steps. You got to make sure the site is not is not uh, you know a phishing site. You got to make sure you're sending it to the right Ether address. All all these steps. Yeah. There's no way I'm going to get my normal friends into it. So. What I decided was, okay, let's do something that I have experience in. My lat, my, my lat my current company is, is a, uh, my other company. Well, we have, um, we've got a, a mobile marketplace app okay. and through the app, it's, you can do all sorts of stuff. You can, you know, you can make payments and you can easily buy things through the app. So what I thought like this is a case of when you're a hammer, all you see is a nail. And yeah. as it turns out, this is, this nail is actually fitting. So we decided to make like a marketplace for ICOs. So you can easily browse ICOs. You can, at a glance, find out about the team. You can watch a video on it. You can you can read about the project. Uh, you can upvote and downvote the project, which is big for me. Um, and very, very easily, with a couple clicks, you can you can buy into and participate in the ICO or the pre-ICO. Okay. So that's what we have. We're, we're more than half done building the app. Um, the goal was actually to launch... Uh, the app with our uh, with our crowd sale, but um, it looks like the app will be launched in December. But we started the presale already for for our project. Okay, so, yeah. So that's with, what we're doing
0: with these projects that um, get featured on your app on your app. Um, are they the ones providing the information about the project, or do you have your own team that kind of rates them and describes them?
1: So yeah, good question. So what we do first off, we do full KYC on all projects. Okay, on our system. Um, So that's the first layer that we feel will help get rid of scams on our system. So we do full KYC. um, If they're not a company, we do full KYC on all the team members. That's, that's first off we check their code. We check their contract. We checked anything they have on GitHub. If they've got a prototype, we check for the prototype. Um, And if the project makes sense, we list it on Zillow. Okay. And um, so, so that's the process. Um, and then from there, um, because I'll be honest with you, I've looked at, I, I run a, uh, an ICO, uh, um, uh, group on Facebook and, and I look at projects sometimes that people list on there and I'm like, this gotta be a scam. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. has to be a scam. But then, but then, you know, the founder is very vocal. Um, they're nice. They're responsive. And they're actually end up not being a scam. They're just, their site is terrible or they're, right. they're not very good at, at that aspect of it, or it's a two man team and they don't know how to, you know, the marketing. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And honestly, we've had that problem too. So it's um, so for me, it's not like I'll do a certain level of due diligence, but I leave it to the crowd to decide whether or not it's a viable product or not. Okay. You know, I, I let yeah. the market decide whether or not, you know, they want to upvote or downvote. If they downvote it, it goes to the bottom of the barrel, like, like Reddit, it's hard to find if they outvoted people can see it they can participate in it and that, that's that's kind of how we're planning on on conducting it okay okay yeah, yeah
0: um what about compliance that's one of the things that a lot of people are kind of concerned about um one of the things Thank i you. saw from your yeah from your website was it's so simple that yeah. even grandma can use it or something like that yeah yeah, yeah. so <laughs> in light of what we've seen from the sec yeah. kind of like yeah warning shot that's been fired what we've seen with China um what's what do you guys have in mind as far as how to navigate those muddy waters right now
1: yeah uh yeah i get i get asked that question a lot and china's an interesting case um but it seems like there's a lot of company countries that are starting to sort of introduce regulations so we're going to we do basic KYC on our users Okay. And, and then if, and that means, um, you don't provide an ID, but, but we need your phone number. We need your address. We need to know who you are. Um, and then if you, if you, depends on the jurisdiction, but if you're, um, if you're, uh, participating in a project that requires KYC, more, more KYC, like, like photo ID and all that, then we're going to require it too. You register that in the app. Then with one click, you send them your KYC documentation. Now, when there's other projects that require that level of KYC and you want to participate, you can easily do it because we have your information saved. So you don't have to upload that stuff again every time you you, uh, you participate. I have a feeling that, you know, certain jurisdictions will clamp down even further than just um, uh, requiring basic KYC. But that's one of those things where you have to have a nimble team. We have a compliance officer on our team. She's an advisor, but she's, she's very much involved. I mean, she's working for another company so we can't have her like as a full member of the team, but, but she's very much involved. Um, we speak very often. She knows crypto. She's been involved in crypto for years. Uh, I've got, I've got an attorney on our team and the attorney is also very switched on. He knows crypto very well. Uh, he, he was helping out costs, the costs, uh, uh, ICO as well. Um, so my feeling is that I want to get people who, who understand the laws and who understand uh, compliance and get them as close to, to me and, and the team as possible. So that we can be nimble when a ruling comes out or, or, you know, something happens, we can kind of navigate that effectively.
0: Okay. So yeah. your, your process for users accessing different token sales are going to be consistent with whatever those token sales require. So if it's Absolutely. accredited, accredited investors only, you'll, you'll be making sure
1: that that happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And we, just to back up. So uh, they're so easy. Even grandma can use it. That's copy. But I I honestly, I don't, it is that easy, but I don't think grandma. So look, as you know, there's, there's certain level of due diligence that has to go into when you're, when you're uh, participating in an ICO. And um, I, I don't, I don't buy into the hype at all. Um, my criteria for, for uh, participating in ICO is a little bit different from others, but uh, I think if you, you should be participating if you understand it, if you know it, if you understand blockchain technology. Otherwise, I think, honestly, you don't really have any business being involved. But with that being said, who am I to disallow people from trying to get involved and trying to learn about it? Yeah. And what I'm trying to provide is a safe and easy way for people to learn about it. I mean, there's so many vulnerabilities in Slack. There's phishing sites with my Ether wallet. There's 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 you know fake uh, Ethereum addresses all over the place. With the app, we're gonna add a chat feature so you can chat directly with the teams, right? So nice. no de- no dealing with Slack. Um and and you, you don't the the, uh, the team actually provides us with the Ethereum address and we 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 bake it into that team so you don't have to copy and paste Ethereum addresses or any of that with ours. And it's an app so there's no phishing sites to worry about, right?
0: Right, right. That that eliminates uh, a tremendous level of risk. We've seen That's that well, slacks have been uh, oh, attacked, and, and they've been a big liability for a lot of projects. Right, um, phishing scams, all these things mm-hmm. are are big issues right now. Uh, what about what what kind of interested me, and this makes sense given your background in payments, um, is that you would allow users to participate in ICOs by making payments to their credit cards? Yes. Like, what, what's the kind of legal kind of tangle web there? Is that right? I mean,
1: what, what, it, what uh... it gets tricky. Yeah, it gets tricky, but you know, there's, um, there's back in the day, uh, this was a little, this was more popular than now. Actually. Um, there was, there were companies, there are companies that allow you to, uh, uh, use credit cards to buy Bitcoin and these credit card processors they specialize in doing only that. And what that means is, I mean, obviously with Bitcoin, there's, there's no chargebacks and what credit card there is. So they have to be very good on the risk assessment side um so we're partnering with one of those companies to allow that so you're paying in credit card but it gets switched to to bitcoin actually immediately okay so similar
0: to like what coinbase does they let you exactly the same thing gotcha Gotcha. exactly the same
1: thing yeah yeah or or uh bitcoin.com they have that feature also um yeah yeah so there's there's a few i'm not sure yeah i don't think yeah binance doesn't offer that feature but um yeah 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 there's a few there's a few these these you know China has been a mess, but you have to look, so I speak Chinese, nice. I speak Japanese too. um I learned Chinese for the past ten years now. My Chinese is terrible it's terrible yeah, but uh I go to China often, I've been following not not just the crypto world in China but also you know what they're doing um in terms of what the startup industry is like there, and around this time of the year, they have you know uh big congressional events and they ban. So okay, so live streaming has been hot for a couple of years. So mm-hmm. they'll ban some live streaming apps a month before this event. A month after the event, when things kind of cool down, the heat is off of these apps, they start trickling back on. They've yes. done this with Bitcoin many times. I'm sure they're doing that again with the ICO thing. Okay, so let me caveat that by saying this is not investment advice. <laughs> Don't take this as investment advice. I'm Absolutely. not an investment advisor. But um if I mean if I were a betting man, I would say sometime around December, they're going to, they're going to really ease up on both ICOs and come out with some sort of pragmatic regulation. And they're going to, they're going to ease up on, on uh, the exchanges as well. But with that being said, I see that some of, some of the Chinese, I don't know how public this is, but some of the Chinese um, exchanges are are looking to um, domicile in other, in other regions. Um, Some are coming to Japan. Uh, A few are going to Singapore. Um, I've been asked to help out uh, with a couple of them, so yeah, uh, so that's happening. Yeah, we've
0: seen that with like Red Pulse being in Hong Kong, which has a little bit more autonomy, right, than the mainland. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Wan Chain is based in Singapore, so yeah, I agree. It, it, it just seems to be like a temporary measure for the yeah. government to just kind of get a grapple over right. what's going on, and then it'll kind of just flow through that command structure that they like to, right?
1: <laughs> they like to have over everything, right? right? Right, right, <laughs> especially over over uh, the money yeah, and, exactly. how, and who's getting wealthy and how people get wealthy. And, um, and of course, consumer protection is part of that too. They like to be in front of consumer protection. Um, right. So, so, yeah, that's what's happening there. People always ask us, it's so funny, like what exchanges are you guys going to get listed on? I have no idea, folks. Let me put that out there right now. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, I know people who run exchanges. I've been in, involved in crypto for many years now. So, you know, I, I know uh a, a bunch of those guys and um we're not even really we're not even really in talks about that yet. Um they're watching the project, they like the project some are, are offered to participate in the project. So we'll see from there. Um
0: Yeah, I get asked that a lot too by a lot of newbies. Um, you know, there's yeah. NDAs and stuff you have to yeah. sign. It's not it's not yeah. very
1: cut and dry. You gotta Right. <laughs> right, right. It's hard to navigate that question, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so why don't you tell me a little bit about your team? Um, there's, uh, some, some pretty, uh, talented people that you have on this project as well as advisors. So yep. I just want to know a little bit about their backgrounds, how you guys yep. came to work together and yeah. And okay.
1: So on, on the crypto side, um, uh, we've got, uh, my buddy, Mike, Mike was, was the seat. C- so around 2012, 2013, we, we decided to start our own cryptocurrency wallet, Bitcoin wallet, we called it PegaPay, and we, we were. This was actually before Coinbase.
0: Coinbase. I, th- I think I heard that mention in that book. Yeah. Uh,
1: Bitcoin Gold is was it? Oh, uh, maybe, maybe I didn't yeah. read the book actually. Okay, uh, yeah. But um, we 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 created a lot of early buzz, but we didn't actually fully launch because we were funding the company with um, our Bitcoin holdings that we lost on Mount Gox. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right. So that kind of tanked us. But um, but it's we actually use it as our personal bitcoin wallet it's still it's uh it's closed but it works fine anyways pegapay was a very easy way to buy bitcoin um uh through a wanting store of bitcoin and my cto from that project is helping us with this and that mike he's very talented been involved in the blockchain since 2012 2013
0: nice. then we got
1: james james uh x coinbase x kraken now works for bread wallet he's an advisor and James uh, helped find found the Tokyo Bitcoin Group, which is one of the oldest meetups. Uh, in Bit- I think it's the second oldest Bitcoin meetup um, in the world. And wow. they're, they're yeah they're hardcore. Actually uh, you c- you can see James's picture all over the internet. He's the guy who's holding the Bitcoin like this in a lot of articles. Anyway, James is is very much involved with our project. He's good. He's a good guy. Um, obviously he worked for Coinbase, worked for Kraken, works for Bread Wallet. Um, so he's helping us out. Um, he's helping us write the contract and um, and auditing code and helping us sort of design the core infrastructure. Um, and then we've got Tamvir, who is the CTO for my other company, Primo. But he's been involved in, in cryptocurrency for like the past six months, kind of fell down the rabbit hole. And around that time is w- right when we started kind of working on this. So he's kind of um, he's he's building the whole back end of this project not the front end app side but the back end side and integrating crypto into that. So that's okay. his role. So we've got three very very strong extremely strong crypto engineers and um so that's the crypto side. And then the front end app side um we've got uh we've got Richard Richard he's 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 a, a, just amazing uh iOS developer. He's one of those guys where you can just throw ideas at him and in in the evening and you wake up and, the, and it's done and he's got a prototype for you. So awesome. Yeah, he's good. So that's Richard. So I, I I put my A-team on this. And I got Hender, who's also helping Tanvir with the backend and code sort of, you know, how teams kind of upload the projects and stuff like that. Um So that side of the team is very good. And we've got Tomomi, who's helping us out with compliance. Um, she's actually working for American express right now. I don't know if I, if I put that on the site or not, but I think um, I saw, is she the one who had
0: background experience in, uh, at Merrill Lynch? That's right. Okay. Yeah.
1: She's, she, she's worked in compliance for a very long time. She knows her stuff. She knows crypto. She's been involved in crypto since 2013. She's, she's traveled the world in conferences. Um, she's, she, she loves it. She loves our project. So that's her. Um, I mentioned Chris, the attorney, a little while ago. He was helping Koss out as well. Um, so that's the team. We're actively, the, the iOS and uh, Hender, our backend engineer, they're temporary. They're on loan from my other company to help us launch the product, the project. But um, after the MVP comes out, well, well, during our ICO, actually, during our crowd sale, I should say, we're looking for, um, we're actively hiring engineers. So we're looking now. Okay. So anybody watching this, if you're a rock star, iOS, Android engineer, if if uh, if if you can if you know about the blockchain, we're actively hiring. Please reach out to me. Very
0: cool. Very cool. Yes. So as far as um your token sale, kind of walk us through how this is structured. Um, you're having a pre-sale that's currently ongoing,
1: right? That's right. Yeah, we had some uh, very <laughs> early. Um, people who believed in the project that, that um, asked me to to do an early pre-sale. So we did. Um, I don't know if that was a mistake or not, but that's what we did. And uh, we didn't, we don't really have a community built. So we're kind of building the community as we're going on with the pre-sale and allowing people to kind of get in uh, the pre-sale. Uh, uh, we're, so the, the token is called ZLA. So uh, for the pre-sale, it's 800 ZLA per ETH from the crowd sale. That'll go down to 500 ZLA per ETH. And if there are any remaining tokens, we actually sell ZLA tokens through our app because um, we, we the way that we, ch- we we charge fees both to the user and to the team. But for the user, if you hold any amount of our token, we waive all fees. So it's like a proof of stake, right? Okay. So if you don't have our token and you want to use it and you want to get our token, you can actually buy our token through the app and it's $10 per ZLA. So that's that's what... That's what the fixed rate will be on our uh, on our system. Okay, you and can then- get, you can get them on an exchange for cheaper if if they're available for cheaper. But if you want to buy them through us, it's ten dollars.
0: Okay, and then what's the utility of the app? Or I'm sorry, the token, of the token. In, in the app?
1: Yeah. So there, there's two things. So one one is this proof of stake for the fees, right? Zilla is both an app and it's a payment system. So we're we have a payment API where we're trying to allow websites and other apps to to uh, accept any ERC 20 token um, through our few lines of code payment API. Okay. So the Zilla token is integral in making that work. Um, so we will have, uh, so I have a lot of uh, connections with various uh, uh, payment gateways all around the world, having been in the payment industry for as long as I've been. Um, so we're approaching them as well as approaching exchanges to see if they can list our token and then have our token uh, be available through these payment gateways. So once we get those partnerships in place, you'll be able to, you know, uh, basically use many apps and, and uh, pay with an ERC token. And that's all powered by the Zilla token. So okay. that's, that's the main utility um, of our token on our system. So, but for now that won't be out until sometime next year, but the app will be out in December.
0: Okay. Now in terms of um taking part of these in these token sales which you can do directly in the Zilla app um will the ZLA tokens have any utility there?
1: Besides the proof of stake? Uh no, no, no. You you soon you'll be able to also purchase uh any or will participate in any ICO using various tokens as well? Yeah. Our token will power that system also. Okay. But but that we're still in a very early stages of building that. So with the MVP, the only sort of utility that our token will have will be proof-of-stake to make to handle the fees through our system. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. And will this be available just on, on uh, iOS or also Android? iOS and Android, actually. The, okay. the, at first, it'll be iOS, and then sometime in January, we're hoping that the Android will come out. Our Android developer uh, is, is a little busy working on some other stuff for my other company at the moment, but once he frees up, he can kind of come back and help us out with uh
0: okay um now as far as uh, the user experience um what kind of measures will you have to prevent like trolling which we see with you know any kind of process where people can just freely upvote and downvote is there you know any mechanism for that or is that just something that is right from the experience
1: yeah it's um initially it's something that's going to be part of the experience but there's a couple of things that we're we're going to do to prevent that sort of thing first off you 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 have to use your real name no matter what and we've got data to see who's upvoting and downvoting and if we can see somebody just kind of going through and and downvoting and being a dick basically we'll we'll <laughs> cut that feature off for you um because it, it's got to be as fair as possible and we want the representation of projects to be as accurate. Look, it's hard out there for for some projects to get off the ground, and they might be working on some interesting tech. And uh, to, an ICO is a very is a very good means to make sure that tech gets off the ground. So, for someone to download a project and that project not to be seen is um, is very hurtful. So we take that sort of thing quite seriously.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah no, it seems like a huge value add in that you're doing the vetting. Um, you know, you're establishing a lot of trust with the users and right. taking a lot of measures to make sure that they're not being scammed, that there's yeah. a safe experience. That's the main thing. Yeah. That's there's, the main thing. there's just so much risk when it comes to just doing an ICO, just being able to contribute.
1: Right. You know? right. Right. Yeah. It's like, so we're going through our crowd sale or our pre-sale at the moment. And, you know, I visit various forums and, you know, some people are skeptical and I don't blame them. You know, is this a money grab? Look, first off, we're only raising 30 million. Right. So, and, and you got to think of it this way, uh, with VC, we would be raising one or 2 million, right? But that's, that's the pre round. So there's, there's three or four rounds with VC. Yeah. Um, but with an, with an ICO or a crowd sale, there's one round, it's one shot that you've got, right? Now there's so some projects,
0: giving... I'm I'm sorry, there's no, one, there's some projects that do an equity round and then they also have their, their token sale. Did you guys go right. that route or you, you're just doing straight tokens?
1: There's- no we didn't go that route at all for a couple of reasons um, if you, you do with, with I think the biggest benefit with a token sale is you, you're growing your community and they're active our community we call them the monsters our monsters are active they're frank they, they give me extremely good suggestions on how to iterate and improve the app right that's what we need more than the money actually that's what we need because we want to be the leader in this space and we have to basically cater to the needs of the people who are participating in this space with vc you don't get that you don't get that at all you get money and people who don't know people who weren't involved in cryptocurrency since 2011 so what kind of advice am i going to get from these guys right Right. So, for me that doesn't make a lot of sense what really makes sense is interacting with the community and then there are in the community people who've been involved in crypto way longer than me right who give me great advice incredible advice so i'd rather go that route Um, get it out fast, and then continue to iterate. If VCs would like to come in at a later round at a higher valuation or they can offer something besides money, I'm I'm more than willing to talk. Um, Actually, we have some uh, advisors coming on. Uh, (laughs) uh, That's all I'll say. And um, they can help us out with that side of the uh, the know-how in terms of VC, but the money um, is not something that we're we're interested in. Oh, yeah. So, but yeah, you, I mean, with with a crowd sale, you go through three or four rounds, so you raise thirty or forty million. Um, you you make sure the product is is nice. Um, you hopefully get some traction and get some revenue from there. So, it's a big risk, right? So, um, we're raising thirty million from that. And someone someone asked what I thought was a good question to me the other day. Um, she's part of the monsters, but she asked me, um, uh, you know, what do you need thirty million for for just an app? It's not just an app. What you see with an app is just the front end bit of a platform, of a whole, of a whole cryptocurrency and ICO platform worldwide where we're helping onboard people and eliminate scams. So right. it's my vision. Um, you know, By, by March, April, and next year, we'll have 90% of this whole market. Most ICOs and most people participating will be going through our, our app. The rest of the 10% of the ICOs not on our system are basically going to be scams right? Because they can't yeah. get on our system. So that that's how I feel it's going.
0: Yeah, I, I take a similar view because you get that a lot. You hear about most of the investment in the blockchain being for these protocol layer projects, but there is still some value from applications. We see with Civic, for example, that's been one of the stronger projects. It's ID verification. Yeah. you know, It has value. We've seen a lot of token sales right, partner right, with right. Civic for the registration.
1: So yeah. I think it matters
0: what, what's being what value is being offered. And if there's clear value and there's a community behind it that that's going to do well.
1: Totally. Yeah. Look, I mean, those, those infrastructure level projects are are good. Those are the streets We're the cars, you know, you need both. Right. I mean, we're, we're, we're facing the users. We're facing everyday people. and Those are the ones who are going to use our project and we're close to launching the streets need to be there too. Right. So if there's, if there's good, like I'll tell you, I like, okay. I like Iota. I think I think they they they're building something very nice um, with the Tangle. <laughs> yeah, and that's like outside of the whole cool. blockchain,
0: right? So exactly,
1: I think that's cool. They need support. What they're building needs, I think. Look, if they tried to raise from a VC, they get laughed out the offices, right? That's right. the beauty of what it is what we're involved in is that they can still get funded and projects like that that need to be out here in the world that are. I mean, the whole blockchain is like alien technology, but we need it and, and it would never have gotten funded from a VC. Uh, so I think we need to support those. And, you know, huge, you know, $100 million projects and, and valuations, in in quotes, um, I, I think is justifiable for some of those projects. But for, for people like us building, you know, the, the consumer facing la- layer. Um, And we're onboarding normal people. The the ones who are building the cars on top of the infrastructure, I think, are equally as important. Right. Yeah.
0: Very good answer. And as far as your community, are they uh, mostly the members mostly based in Japan or are they just kind of all over the world? And what communication channels do you have? Do you use? Do you have a Slack and a Telegram group, a WeChat, maybe if you're
1: in China? We do. We've got all of the above. Uh, WeChat um, in, in China. I, my Chinese typing is slow, so I'm like, feverishly on that thing. Um, uh, we don't have a WeChat group, actually. We have a WeChat page, and, and people kind of add me, and I talk personally. Uh, uh, Slack. Um, we're migrating people from Slack to Telegram. though. Our Telegram group is rapidly growing. Once we get everybody from our Slack uh, on there, it'll be nice. Um, so we're really focused on Telegram. We've got Facebook, which uh, a lot of Japanese people ping me through there. Um, Japanese people like using Facebook for that. Um, so yeah, the the community is kind of like um, yeah, it, it's it's definitely it's not like in one set central place. Um, really kind of depends on on uh, where you're from. But we're really trying to move move and migrate people to our Telegram. I li- I really like Telegram.
0: Yeah, same here. Uh,
1: so I yeah. I have the as you know the crypto money team group. Yeah, uh, beautiful group, switched on guys and <laughs> girls. You. And, um, yeah, it's been it's been a pleasure interacting with everyone there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, we have a a Slack and a Telegram, but uh, Slack is just not lightweight like Telegram. You can just fire messages for people that uh, drop a lot of value. They just want to dump it. And Telegram lets you do that. You know, you don't get to log in and all that stuff. Uh,
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You don't have to log in. You don't have you don't have those sort of vulnerabilities that you have in, in, um, in Slack. So Telegram is where it's at. Yeah, for us building the community right now is um at the forefront. Um any advice that anybody could could uh give us regarding um our app. You can see a video of a working demo of our app on our website. Our website is zla.io. Um yeah, come check it out. If you like the project, please participate in our presale. Um and you'll, if you participate in our presale, we have a, uh, a a version of Zilla called Zilla Black, actually. And with Zilla Black, we give you data as to which, so we have a lot of upvote and downvote data, so we can tell sort of, and you can actually put a project in your wish list or a watch list. So if you're watching it, but you, you haven't decided, you can put it in that. So we aggregate that data and we can tell you which projects are probably gonna pop. So right. for Zilla Black users, you get that data as well as we have a deal where you get into any pre-ICO at one ETH. So you get pre-ICO prices at one ETH. And Villa Black, actually, um, when it comes out, it'll be one ETH a month. It's a paid service. But okay. if you participate in our, on our pre-sale, you get it for free, for life.
0: Okay, so just real quick, uh, let's talk about
1: this overall token sale. You're trying to raise $30 million.
0: Yep. And I think as far as the overall token supply... If I'm not correct me if I'm wrong, but 75% is available or 70%? 75%. For the, That's 75% right. for the public. Yep. Um we're now in this pre-sale round. So you know, how long does it last? And um, you know, when do when do we move over into the general
1: crowd sale? Right. Uh the pre-sale uh lasts until next Monday. Um okay. so get it get in there as soon as you can. Uh the crowd sale uh was it was originally slated for the end of this month, but I think we're gonna delay it until we build our community a bit a bit larger um we have some uh really good partnership announcements coming up um probably by the end of this week um we have a couple of new advisors coming on that are very nice uh that'll that'll be by the end of this week we've also got um uh yeah let's see we've got that um yeah yeah and that's basically it so uh so it looks like Sometime early October is when we'll start the actual crowd sale. Okay. And, and I don't know the percentage
0: bonus on the top of my head, but I know for sure you get more ZLA tokens during the pre-sale
1: than the crowd sale. Oh, the pre-sale bonus is nice. Um, yeah. Actually, actually, we argued about this a lot in, in our team, but uh, it's 60%. So it's 800 ZLA per Ether, but then it goes down to 500. And right now there's no whitelist. Uh, but but when there's a, um when we have the crowd sale, it'll be a whitelist and and their limits to how much you can contribute, um, so that's that's how we're gonna do it. We well, I got some more videos coming out of uh, other app screens, uh, soon. I'm just trying to polish those up. They'll be out by Friday, so you'll see some some extra cool scenes of uh, in the app too. Very cool, very cool. <laughs> I, I you know I think
0: you 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 pretty much hit everything on on my checklist. Thank um, you. I think what's what's really good. And what gives you a lot of credibility is that you're someone who's been in this from years and years ago. I mean, you're yes. as a veteran as it gets in, in crypto, <laughs> you know, yeah. been in since 2011, you've seen a lot. So yeah. that's a big difference from what we've seen with a lot of, you know, web 2.0 companies that are now trying to tokenize because they're seeing that there's so much right. money you can get from these ICOs. It's just a huge right. influx of capital you right. know, just by having a white paper and a promise to deliver. So right. Right. I think I think you bring a lot of credibility and I think thanks. the service that you bring is is you know very much uh useful and a clear value add to to anyone that's taking part in ICOs even people like me that are, are kind of more savvy and more uh knowledgeable about the whole process there's right. always that risk that's there so
1: Oh yeah definitely
0: you know really glad that uh you're doing this and I know, appreciate it's it a pleasure to speak with you too
1: Oh thank you yeah and thanks, thanks a lot for this I appreciate it Yep yeah All right
0: uh, we'll be in touch. And uh, again, thanks uh, to Abasa Phillips for taking the time to speak with us. And I hope everyone enjoyed this interview. And uh, feel free to send me your thoughts. You can visit me uh, or my website, hen.global, and email me at hen at hen.global. And uh, talk to everyone soon. Take care. Send hen your thoughts and send me your ether. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <Take> <laughs> Sounds good. You too. Bye. See you. Well, that wraps it up for this podcast. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and click like and be sure to share it with your friends. If you want to watch videos on some of the topics that we discussed, you can find my YouTube channel Hen global. Be sure to subscribe and click like on any videos that you like and feel free to uh, leave your comments in the comment section below the videos. Um, If you want to find me on Twitter, my handle is at legend of cryptos. You can also find me on Instagram with the handle international hen and be sure to check out for my Facebook page, hen global, as well as my upcoming website, hen.global. I look forward to hearing from you guys and uh, be sure to be on the lookout for the next podcast. Take it easy.